welcome to Hall of Murphy. We're John and Joe are back. Uh, we're here to talk about something exciting. We wanted to take a little break from all the live action stuff to talk about the animated adaptation of Batman: The Long Halloween. Uh, we were really excited to get into it. I actually I rewatched it now, both parts, just to get ready for it again. Uh, let's start off with some John. What are you or what what do you love about the these two films or what was your opinion on it? Um. Well, I'm an absolutely massive fan of The Long Halloween. It's probably one of my favorite Batman storylines. Um, I thought the movie, you know, the movie was pretty close to the to the comic. I think the only thing that really that really bugged me about the movie is that it was missing Tim Sale's like uh, artwork and just the, yeah. the whole like his artwork. It was just so I want to say haunting. You know what I mean? Like the way like some of the characters were like drawn like how joker had that obnoxiously long chin and everything and batman's cape was like a light had a life of its own just the way it moved and everything and i think that's one thing that kind of like if i like the i thought the movies i thought they were good i honestly i don't know if i could call it a batman story this one felt a lot more like a harvey dent story to me and honestly i love harvey dent in this movie he's probably my favorite character it it really does feel like they shifted the focus a bit more in this adaptation. It's it's very like you said, it's very faithful, and I like the approach it takes because it's not like you know, with a lot of these adaptations, especially animated, sometimes they rush through storylines. It took its time. It showed mm-hmm. the darker things. This this didn't shy away from, from a lot of the darker aspects of the story, but I agree that the art style. Like the problem always with animation is if you want to do like a unique animation to make it stand out, you need to adapt your entire animation process to make that comic come to life. And what they did is they pretty much said, you know, we'll take some design cues, but kind of make this a more streamlined version of it. It, it works well. I like the design, these, these harsh outlines, the way the characters move is very well done. But I do agree is that it, it's for the darker aspect of the story. It's missing that Gotham edge that I think the original comic brings. Mm-hmm. Like the original story, like just the artwork was what really sold Gotham as this, like, you know, um, this grim place that you, yeah. you know, you don't know what's lurking in the shadows. And I mean, I did think they did. Um, I, They, the way they were trying to throw you off with holiday, like they, they, they like you know it's Gilda, right? Yeah. Because you know you've read it. Also, and, spoilers. But, like, no spoilers. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, which is still like from the comic. That's just so, that was just such a shocking moment for me. I was like, yeah. oh wow, did not see that. And then at the end, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. It does. But like you could even tell like they were trying to think. Previous animated movies have obviously changed things. Like Hush, oof, Batman Hush is ugh, not a good change. Not. No. not great but um because it looked like for a second they were going to change it because like obviously they're trying to throw you off but like the boat scene on yeah. new year's eve the um it's obviously meant to look like a man they drew a man for holiday it, they want you to think oh well, we're going to change things again but they don't and i noticed that was one thing i was like oh interesting but um I yeah, actually, like, I think if I remember correctly, in the comic, there was the implication that it was Harvey Dent as of that murder, that it wasn't all Gilda. Mm-hmm. Gilda was only the first murders, and then his because that because the thing is what I think this movie does it does it kind of does streamline the reveal a bit at the end, 
because yeah. it's a bit more open-ended in the original comic where here it's kind of like this monologue of hers <laughs> just mm-hmm. ah yes and uh well, you would understand but just, i yeah i tried to like make it make like i did think about that like oh maybe they are going to make it harvey but it just didn't make like just the way like how would he get out that far into the water yeah you know and like he, because bruce at one point is like yeah i left the party early with the dinghy <laughs> even who leaves a party on a dinghy <laughs> exactly and that's the thing though like what was i trying to say here it was like they want you to think even if it was harley like harvey there's no way that he could have like just gotten out there that fast and wouldn't the dinghy have already been on the uh boat and not like harvey taking it yeah. away it just i wasn't sure what they were trying to go for there especially like it didn't make sense in that scene for either to be gilda or harvey because they were just so far and so like uh it just didn't feel like it could work with how far they were you know you know what the problem was in a way is that they tried a little too hard they didn't obscure it enough mm-hmm. because you you see like when when the death of sal Maroni's father you see it's it's a dude you know from the mm-hmm. body mass how they how it, it zooms in on his face and even if it was Gildo, it was, it's just a really strange look because they reveal a little too much. If it was just someone like in the cornfield or whatever hiding, you see the hand come out of that, that would have made it a bit more effective to hide the identity, which is like the strength of the original artwork that obscured a lot of it. It made it hard to kind of really nail down what this character was because the designs themselves were made to confuse you. Mm-hmm. Another thing I noticed is this movie does not believe in Harvey Dent because <laughs> that was just such a that was just such a such a common thing in the comic. They're, they're like, I believe in Harvey Dent. They don't say it once in this movie, no. and I love and I love that line. And it's just I was waiting for them to say it, and they're like, I believe in Gotham City, and I was like, Yeah, 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 we get that. But do you believe in Harvey Dent? Because this is a Harvey Dent movie, and honestly, I think Josh Duhamel fits Harvey very well he was he was honestly he was my favorite he did great great voice work i the voice cast i thought the voice cast mostly for the villains was good yeah shockingly i did not like jensen ackles as batman it did not fit for me i felt like somebody trying too hard to sound like batman you know i miss jason omara batman jason omara was probably one of the best you know there, you know, there, there's a lot of amazing ones, but he certainly was was perfect for these animated films. And it's strange, mm-hmm. like it feels like Jan- Jensen Ackles because he's an open Batman fan, he wants to play Red Hood and everything. Is that mm-hmm. they kind of chose him because he's a fan and because he, you know, if it, it felt a little odd, but because he was the voice of Jason Todd in Under the Red Hood, yeah. So now he was Batman. It's like well, this is odd. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> Did you did you enjoy him? I I I, I like the I think the voice tone was well done, but I I have a problem with Batman in the way they portrayed him in this story. Mm-hmm. He seems a little bit. He's lost. He, yeah, he he seems a little bit amateurish in this movie. He gets knocked out like three times. Yeah, and he gets <laughs> he gets he gets scarecrow gas right in the face, right that, in the face, point that blank. Was, that made no sense because he we obviously know he took him down. Mm-hmm. And he had no measures against it because we, of course, they, what they wanted is again to have the scene with his mother mm-hmm. and with the whole Catwoman scene with mother and everything. But like, it just made no sense. He ran straight for it in it. It was like, oh no, I got stabbed. <laughs> so 
I, I want to compare him like this isn't this isn't an amateur Batman. This is this is Batman. I think I think you could say at his prime, really. Yeah. And I think he felt more like Batman year one here. Like he was still getting the hang of things, but he, he obviously knew who everybody was. I mean, he put them all in, well, he didn't want to put them in Arkham. Harvey's the one that wanted to put them in Arkham, but yeah. they were all in Arkham. And uh, these are, these are some of Batman's greatest foes. I mean, I love seeing the one scene it's uh, they did it differently here, which I was like, it kind of lost some of its, I don't know, emotional mm. um, weight to it. But um, Thanksgiving where Batman brings oh. Solomon Grundy a plate because he's all alone in the sewer. And he just wants to be alone. I love that. I love that in the comic. I was like, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's a great humanizing moment that I, I do sometimes feel like is missing in, in some of the Batman films because they kind of have to rush through plots. Yeah. It's just these, these short, brief moments. It's one of the highlights in, in the comic of those, especially with Solomon Grundy being such a bizarre existence. You know, he's a, he's mm-hmm. a resurrected goon who keeps saying a nursery rhyme <laughs> and just like solomon grundy is a, as just such a such a sad character like even yeah. in the uh, justice league cartoon his connection with hawk or hawk girl oh. and she just like they were like telling her to you know you gotta you gotta you gotta kill him you gotta and he, she just wouldn't do it and just because he would she just knew how much he was like suffering and everything and just i i love solomon grundy and i think he should be in more stuff because he's fun and he's a fun he, he's just a sad character interesting yeah, and, and it's I kind of wish we would see his character get explored more in some ways. But they did like they did a lot with him here by having him mm-hmm. be it, it's so funny that it's you know it's it's Fred, I hope I say his name right, it's Fred Tatasure. Tatas Soldier 76. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Soldier 76. It's Hulk. It's the guy who always does every giant character's voice ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who has yeah. a mumbling voice? It's like, why is it always him? <laughs> <laughs> the macho brawn guy. <laughs> Oh man, it, it's just but he he does it great and it's a soft performance. I like the moment between him and Two Face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I lo- that was another thing I loved about. That's one thing I love, just the way Two Face is able to just get to it, get get through to him so easily, and just understand him. I I have to say, if there's any reason to watch this, is the performance and and the way they tell Harvey Dent's story here. Mm-hmm. Because, like, um, I remember watching the, uh, I think, was it Beware the Batman, that CGI series, where the, mm-hmm. which, uh, the first, it's it's a rough series, because it's trying to be, like, two different, with Katana being his minion. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was Alfred, a weird Robin choice. And, and Alfred being, like, this super British bloke with a minigun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't think I ever caught too much of Beware the Batman, but that's... um. It's I I actually I have to say it's kind of a guilty pleasure. If you ever get around to watching it, I'd love to talk about it because it's so weird that the first season tries so hard not to introduce classic characters, and we have Frog and Mister Toad, a pig and Mister mm-hmm. Toad as enemies. But he's not the version of pig that we know from the comics; just completely random. Wow, that's um. I remember. Uh... Brief side note, I remember I seen concept art for season two of Bora the Batman. Yeah. And Katana becomes Nightwing. Yeah, that that was the what they were trying to go for. But interesting mm-hmm. enough, the second season, this is something that, that I found interesting. Second season of Beware the Batman has Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. Oof, that would have been that's another thing. Harvey Dent has really never gotten his dues in I don't think I don't think any I mean not not in live action at least. Because yeah. you know, there was there was what's his face? Um Lando Calrissian, 
was Harvey Dent, and he never got to play him until Lego Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But um, no, what they do here with Harvey Dent is, like I said, favorite character. He's amazing. The thing is, is that like you, you see a lot of uh, the Long Halloween, a lot of adaptations, and we're gonna see it again in the Batman. Mm-hmm. It was a big inspiration for the Dark Knight. Like, and I, I still think Aaron Eckhart did a fantastic job as Harvey Dent. But they, oh, they... I forgot about him. <laughs> I forgot about him. I just forgot about the, one of the biggest <laughs> Batman movies ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. <laughs> but the thing is, I still, what I, I kind of felt like was missing in this one is that Batman goes, he's my friend. <sighs> but there's no connection. Like, that's the thing the animated series, the 90s animated series did so well, is that he was friends with Bruce Wayne. They were good friends before he just completely went off the rails and they built mm-hmm. up his character of becoming insane and stuff like which the series could do because it's a long form storytelling but in the films you kind of have to rush through the he has an evil side but then becomes a bad guy and and i think they because this was two films they got the chance to kind of explore harvey dent and then kind of have two faces more of a cliff notes because we knew this character beforehand Mm-hmm. that's one thing i'm excited with with uh matt reeves batman like i feel like he can do a lot of these villains like obviously the long halloween we've well, from little we've seen we we can honestly tell like he definitely looked at long halloween and like tim sale and jeff love's work yeah as a bit of an inspiration and i'm just hoping like um like he can get some of these like like he can do something with harvey like they did in this or just any of his villains really i mean i wouldn't be sh- i mean please use solomon grundy please and like catwoman too and and poison ivy the way they do poison ivy in this too like keep her like Mm. menacing you know what i mean like an actual like like obviously here she was she kept him inside for three months yeah that was it i was shocked when it when the the opening of the second film on that was really clever i was i was shocked i was like oh wow and she's like getting to sign everything over and i'm like whoa see that's the poison ivy like yeah like she's not like I don't like as much as her like being like made out to be like just you know and an object to just like, control men but like you know in that way but like she's intimidating like she's she's powerful and she's she's like her full uh and just like when she starts like all the vines on her the entire manor is covered in vines and everything i mean that should be a red flag for anybody driving by i mean what's the mailman doing he's just like wow guess they're slacking lately it's just like that wow all natural i like it uh, there's a change here i guess <laughs> yeah just accept the fact the mansion and then it took like could you imagine it took just just catwoman three months to realize wait a minute <laughs> their gardener hasn't shown up <laughs> oh my god and i thought it was funny that selena knew bruce's batman before he really knew she was catwoman and how easily she kind of figured that out I kind of, I don't cared for that part. I kind of, it was annoying when he says it, when she says it out loud, it's like Bruce and he's like full on Batman. It's like, what the hell? Did yeah, this- yeah, in the, in the alleyway. Well, first of all, the alleyway and then in front of uh, uh, Falcone. Oh, yeah. Like, luckily he got shot. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Thanks, Gilda or Harvey. <laughs> It, it's that's my only problem with the film is that the heroes that the you know batman catwoman they're so oddly unprofessional in this or at least very unprepared mm-hmm. honestly kind of not interesting i don't know i didn't find them very interesting 
Yeah, because they focused on, you know, the characters that had the most connection here, which was mm-hmm. smart. Yeah, I mean, when you can get Batman, I mean, Batman the villains are just such a, it's such a diverse and rich group of rogues. I mean, they're all just so vastly different and just so interesting when you really develop them like that. Like, I did think it was interesting towards the end, Penguin just randomly shows up as part of the, part of the group. <laughs> I was like, he shows up in, a, in prison. And then he just shows up in that group. It's like you could have given him at least two lines beforehand. <laughs> yeah, and he just he just kind of like makes little his weird little penguin noises. And I'm like, oh, all right. Wah. He just has his umbrella gun <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, Wah. that's all you get from penguin in this one. That's 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 what the penguin show is gonna be. He's just gonna make that noise. The entire script is just wah. Something like Waluigi. <laughs> it's just Waluigi and Batman just wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was interesting and. I that one shot. I mean, it's. I, mean, I feel like it's one of the most iconic Batman panels of all time, with all the villains sitting on yeah. Carmine's desk, and they're all just here for vengeance. Oh, poor Calendar Man, left got left behind. I kind of like. I think Calendar Man, uh, David. Uh, I think David Dust Malkian. Malkian, yes, Malkian. That was it. And he he's also the voice of Cobblepot, surprisingly. But oh, his. Oh. His performance was really, really good as Calendar Man. Like, it was intimidating, where mm-hmm. I, I was like, I wished that we had more of him in this. Yeah, he was such a little role, but he was so... He was memorable. Uh, exactly. He was great. Like, he was... David S. Malchin is just such an underrated actor, I think. I think Polka Dot Man gave him a little bit more of yeah. time in the spotlight that he deserves, because he's a, he's a good actor. He's... Say it. I don't want to say like I'm not trying, like not in a derogatory way, but his some of his performances are just so uh, haunting. Like he's so good at like getting across that like that otherworldly uh, kind of a grim tone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and he he plays that so well. And here, like he could pull off a great freaking Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to think that like his big film role was in The Dark Knight. Yeah. And and how far he's come since then, and and that's such an incredible thing. And to see him back in this, you know, in the DC world, and here with with the Batman, uh, with Batman mythos, and I like the moment he goes, "I meant heads." It's just that was so good because he was like so menacing, and then have this like, "I wanted to get out." <laughs> oh, what they've done with Calendar Man in the recent, like, I missed. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't miss it, but like that cost his original costume, the red one with the cape, and made out of cal- yeah. calendar pages, is just so hilarious. But like, what they've done with him now, making that Hannibal Lecter type and making him so weird and creepy, and just great. The thing about like uh, going back to the comic, the the genius of introducing this character uh, as pretty much the Hannibal Lecter type makes you think it's him. Mm-hmm. It's holiday, you know that that was the irony of the story is that you would assume that a guy who's f- fixated on calendars might mix it up and do something holiday themed. That that it was him just being holiday, but it isn't. And and he's like that obvious red flag. He's like it has to be him. He somehow finds a way out. But mm-hmm. it's such a great job, and I think the the way the original panels use like the very bleach skin tone of him is so good. And it's like one of my favorite Easter eggs is visiting him in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. The poor guy's stuck there. <laughs> God. And then, then we get the uh, the DCEU version of Calendar Man that's just uh, Sean Gunn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just nothing. It's just a funny little inclusion, but he's just nothing like the Calendar Man we know. 
People and it's funny watching about Cat. it. People were mad for like absolutely no reason because, um, to be honest, I don't think we're going to get a long Halloween in the mainline DCEU. But I mean, if they're going to do it with Reeves and what he's doing, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you'll get a calendar man. You're familiar. That, see, the calendar man that Sean Gunn plays is the one that wears the red costume. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He just has the tattoos as well. That's just mm-hmm. the only difference. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he has the calendar cape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I personally would have loved if there was like an ending shot. If, if like, I'm still sad that uh, Polka Dot Man dies and that he just gets to knock him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and he has the costume like on and just knocks someone, just continues on his day. <laughs> That's poor, poor Polka Dot Man. David Asmachian, uh, leading role when please and the irony of him being mocked by a character he plays in the animated show is just kind of <laughs> that's just kind of perfect irony and the same <laughs> year too <laughs> oh my god yeah that's david david Asmalchian loves dc i mean he's dark knight he played abracadabra in the flash true Calendar yeah. man and now polka dot man uh, i hope to see more of him who knows where he might pop up again mm-hmm. i see yeah. mm. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, I think we need more. Just honestly, consensus: more David Desmalchian. Exactly, things. exactly. If if one thing in a voice, Batman. <laughs> oh my God! I think it would Every, be a great Batman. I mean, everybody's voicing Batman now. I mean, Jeffrey Wright, Ethan Hawke. Um, oh yeah. Uh, someone else was too. I forget. Oh, uh, what's his name? Winston Duke. Winston Duke is voicing Batman. I missed. Yeah, because they're doing all those Spotify. Um, uh, like uh, series with DC characters, and uh, I think two of them are about Batman, and I think uh, one is Jeffrey Wright and one is Winston Duke. That's interesting. I know it's gonna be fun. I think. I mean, they can do a lot with that audio series and stuff. Oh, definitely, and they can mix it up in really creative ways as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just because we're on the point of of performances as well, I have to give it to Jul- uh, Julian Nathanson as Gilda. That, oh, that kind yeah. of chilling, quiet tone, mm-hmm. really, really well done. And I, I loved seeing her in this. And I, I kind of like Gilda is this character that she doesn't have a big role in the original. So the reveal is kind of a, oh, okay, this is really mm-hmm. interesting. But her performance does hint at it quite a bit here. Mm-hmm. And, and she, alongside uh, Titus Welliver as Carmine, Carmine Falcone, probably you know with harvey dent like top performances in this mm-hmm. oh i did like uh jack quaid as alberto alberto yeah it was also really mm-hmm. good but um yeah with i did i did like gilda gilda basically both the dents anybody in the dents they were oh um gordon was also surprisingly fun in this movie i mean gordon's a good fun character but i thought he was really good in this movie I felt like he was he was really good, but they don't go anywhere with his character because they have the whole he's obsessed with work and yeah. Barbara being upset about it. And the thing is, we know this isn't going to get sequels to build up his relationship mm-hmm. with Barbara. So it felt like this. Why was this the focus here? Because at the same time, I mean, they take out a very big reveal from the comics of Alberto taking pretty much trying to pretend he was the holiday killer. Mm hmm that was like completely absent, which is a little weird of a choice. Instead here, he's just the Carmine's punching bag. I mean, not only that, the guy goes out in the worst way possible. (laughs) I only hope that he, just for his sake, that his 
this, his animated character died before he hit those propellers. Oh my god! I, I hope for his. <laughs> I, was, I was like at the same time, you kind of think, oh, it's an animated series; they won't go too far. We did get mm-hmm. like a guy shot in the bathtub, but then when you see him just go, it's like, oh lord. <laughs> One thing I I I don't know. I wasn't super confusing, but it was just um. Right as right as Carmine, right as Bird Before Two Face kills Carmine. Mm. Spoilers, sorry. Um, Catwoman pulls her mask off, and Carmine goes Louisa, and I'm like, that felt like a bit of a like. I know it's supposed to be, Louisa was her mother, yeah, and obviously she's the illegitimate child of Carmine Falcone, but I don't think they really uh, explained that very well. It was just kind of random, and I feel like it would leave like any uh, like general audience, uh, someone who's not as crazy as a crazy DC fan as others, super confused. And like, what does he mean by that? It, it, it felt like something like they do tease that something about this whole thing is personal for her. Mm-hmm. They, tr- they do kind of try to build up to it, but I do feel like there was something missing to bring that fully together at the end because there's like no implication, no discussion or anything. It's just like, or like what would have made it better is if he recognized that it was his daughter mm-hmm. that he knew like that's i think a stronger impact where he just where he says her name and then while she's trying to walk away he says you look so much like your mother and then just you know so that one line from him not a not an exposition line but some, something from falcone that kind of bring it together mm-hmm. see for a second i don't know maybe it was just me like uh Maybe I maybe I, I zoned off for a second, but it sounded like they were trying to, they were gonna make. A, I mean, they weren't going to, but it sounded like just feeling like I was getting a, a whiff that they were gonna make Catwoman somehow the daughter of Alberto and Gilda, and I was like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. backpedal a little bit. Sense. I had to go back, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And that's just because I was looking for them to explain it somehow, and they didn't. And I was like, is this yeah. how they're gonna explain it? And I was like, well, she's her name's not Louisa, and I was, I was just confused because I, I really thought they'd they'd answer that a little more and give it a little more detail, but they just left the, the end untied. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I respect the fact that they don't try to like solve every single storyline or element that's there, but it mm-hmm. does feel like like the thing that they focus on was Gilda's connection to why she did it, and it. Like it was a very tragic thing, but then it also opens up, you know, why would she kill Alberto? And they don't kind of yeah. hint that 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 may have been because Alberto was upset about it. Like the whole point of his character in that film is that he's like obsessed with these puzzles because it distracts him from the terror that his father did. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's so weird because there's some great elements here. They just don't feel like there are aspects that just feel a little half baked even though they had like what three hours to explore it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a lot of a lot of dc story like animated films like dc's had some oh absolutely you know winners with um, yeah. their animated films but i mean i don't really think they've really hit that uh mark for for quite a while now um like, for like, every under the red hood you have the killing joke pretty much <sighs> God, that's not a killing joke. <laughs> the opening, I, I, the hush is still still my least favorite with Riddler. No, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that at all. No, that wasn't very good. And um, see, I did like Apocalypse War. I did like that movie. I thought that was cool. 
but I haven't seen that. I have to confess. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. This is that's another thing with the with, with the long Halloween. It matches the art style of uh, Superman, the, the mm-hmm. recent Superman animated film. But are they are they trying to make this long Halloween part of this? Because Batman is mentioned in that Superman film. I know that. I haven't actually seen it yet, but I know he's mentioned. And it seems like they're trying to build a new universe again. But like, does Long Halloween fit, really? I feel like Long Halloween is better as its own condensed story in its own world. Yeah, especially if this is the Batman they're implying, then good mm-hmm. luck. <laughs> yeah, leave it alone. Just keep it standalone. <laughs> Could you imagine Justice League and everyone's fighting, like, freaking the, the, any possible... They're fighting Starro. And then mm-hmm. Batman gets knocked out by random. <sighs> oh, <laughs> not even by Starro. Like he hits his head on something. <laughs> yeah, just bang. <laughs> He's getting in the Batmobile and hits his head. Boom! Wonder Woman <laughs> has to carry him off. I mean, that would be hilarious. <laughs> it, it it like that's kind of the problem for me with the whole thing is is that it's it's great as a detective story, not really great as a batman story mm-hmm. because and batman kind of kind of he's he's there but he's like yeah. he doesn't feel like he's doing enough he just feels kind of wasted he feels like not batman he feels like a complete amateur yeah he just makes random guesses because throughout the entire story mm-hmm. he always just guesses who it is and yeah. it's always like the most obvious person you would assume it is and you feel like that that calendar calendar man with a few scenes he had had him wrapped around his finger completely. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, is, is this Batman? Because Batman doesn't trust anyone. That's that's his whole shtick is that he's constantly in a state of paranoia. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> calendar man was like, oh, it could be this one or this one. So you think it's this one? <laughs> it's like, what are you <laughs> doing, man? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it just, and I don't know. It, I mean, ultimately, I think you could have just called this the long Halloween, and I think Harvey Dent could have let it and maybe just leave Batman as, as like, I mean, there is that from the comics where him, Harvey, and Jim are like, you know, they're this trio and they're they're trying to they're trying to clean up Gotham, like they say they think yeah. they're Gotham's best hope, and honestly, they are until you know the city chews you up and spits you out. I mean, it. Um, I do love that friendship between them, but I just don't think the batman we got here is just i I just don't think he was super useful i think honestly if they were going to reimagine an animated story instead of directly adapting it i'd just make harvey dent the main character because josh duhamel basically carried this movie i loved his voice performance and like i said earlier you know harvey dent was so interesting in his character and every time he'd go on the screen i was like yes more harvey dent especially the voice he used his face shivers like absolutely yeah. great performance and the the fact that you get the voice before the event like he's pushing beyond he's at his limit and you don't know did he actually kill the guy they don't answer what actually happened with that scene mm-hmm. so well done and the fact that like he has that dark raspy voice and then at the end of it all lets him get lets himself get arrested mm-hmm. yep i I I kept forgetting because I haven't read the Long Halloween since maybe late last year. Um, I couldn't remember honestly. I forgot how because I thought when the explosion happened, I was like, "Oh, is that how they're gonna do it here?" But I was like, "No, it's way too soon." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, he gets acid thrown on his face." I don't know. I don't know why I forgot that, but it's been a while. 
I mean, the whole acid thing is like probably the most comic booky thing where he's like, that'll eat through concrete. It didn't through his face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, like, I like the way they handled it in uh, The Dark Knight the best with it being mm-hmm. his face being burnt off and it being connected to, you know, the tragedy that it is. Here it's more of a, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember, I think it's in um the Telltale game. I think a light falls on his face. Yes, it was on the think. I think, I think it's Penguin's fault. Yeah, because he was, uh, wasn't he mayor or something? I can't he remember. was running for mayor, I believe. Yeah. And Penguin, Penguin, uh, vastly different from i think he's more of an uh, more of emperor penguin in this in that game but uh he's vastly different and he uh drops a light on his face and i was like oh looks painful <laughs> that's a different way to get your face mangled yeah <laughs> could I mean, you imagine that every future adaptation is just everyone's having a competition of having the most craziest way to take out his face <laughs> <laughs> um every 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 iteration just has a different way it's just all different yeah every time it's just always but it gets like goofier and goofier like a three mm-hmm. stooges kind of thing <laughs> uh the the next time we see him will uh it'll be in a it'll be in a batman prequel and pre preteen uh uh two-face will use the wrong acne cream <laughs> yes give us gotham high <laughs> oh oh we are getting gotham high remember hbo max has a well not exactly gotham high but uh they're doing that um dc superhero teens basically superhero oh, riverdale yeah. with elizabeth with elizabeth banks but we've heard nothing on it for like three years so <laughs> it's probably dead probably not it, yeah forward. you can give a project if it doesn't get you know reach the four-year mark Mm-hmm. Eh, a little little rough around the edges there green lantern is maybe happening i mean they keep pushing back that start date but they've cast a few people so <laughs> i True. think honestly if they're gonna do, i think honestly the long halloween would work very well as a um as a miniseries you know what i mean like if they're gonna ever have to actually ad- adapt the storyline it works so much better as a miniseries i mean yeah Sure, it's more effective to. I mean, just look at here though. They didn't introduce these characters beforehand, and I think it could still have the most uh, effect that the original comic does. And I think honestly, what really sold the Long Halloween—not just it's very well written, but it, it, again, it's the art style. That art style, uh, Tim Sale's art, especially in that and in Dark Victory, it's it's iconic. I mean, it's it's yeah. what really brings the story to life. I mean it. it these these characters you know these is especially catwoman's costume in the long halloween it's that you know it's that purple one with those massive ears and here it's just mm. you know it's missing all that it's missing the life that tim sale really gave the story that's one thing i don't know i don't want to call it soul i felt like tim souls tim tim sales art was the soul yeah of that movie and the writing was the body and here it felt like the soul had been taken from it, it the thing is, is that it didn't feel like the thing that that artwork did, I think, defined for many what the gothic architecture is of Gotham and that gothic mm-hmm. aesthetic that became, you know, part of it all. And it was just kind of it was a little clean here. It yep. wasn't bad. It was a great art style, but it just felt a little too clean for such a dark story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It just did not mesh well. And I just, it just, the life, and you can honestly tell, like, there was, there's just so much going on in the original comic, and it's just, 
it, it it's honestly it's iconic and just here it's just you feel like you're missing something like you you're like yeah this is the story this is it but the entire way i was like well i'm, I'm waiting for something that i know is never going to come yeah and, and, that, and was, that was kind of the biggest bummer for me honestly i i hope the thing is is that this is generally something you see with animation for like these kind of big budget things is that they're not investing money to make each film feel unique, Mm -hmm. but rather that, you know, like you said, like, are they making this now part of a universe or not? Even though technically the story has absolutely no requirement to be connected to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so why is it the same art style? Why did they, like the art style for the killing joke um, is also streamlined from what they do on other projects. And something like with, with, with Marvel, with their future and animation is what I'm worried about is that they're just going to do the same thing by having the exact same art style for every project. And I think it's, that's not the point of animation, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and like, that's, yeah. Look at, look at star Wars visions. That is yeah peak. It's amazing what they're doing with that getting all these different studios and all these different styles. It's like, it just makes your projects feel unique. It gives them, it gives them a new like identity and like, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the, each project's soul basically what I see. And just there, it yeah. looks like so much. It's just creative. Creativity was um, encouraged there and it, it, it pays. It's gonna. I hope it pays off well. It's not out yet, but apparently all streaming at once, not weekly release. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Which makes sense, no. but like it's kind of odd because you don't have the buildup from one episode to the next, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like even what if is connected in a over you know superficial way for now, but it's kind of sad because I feel like building up from one episode to the next of how does it reinvent it could be mm-hmm. better. And I, I kind of like I would love to see more like DC, give me. Uh, I remember the anime tie-ins to the Dark Knight where they went with these different art styles back in the day. That was that I, I want to see more creativity with animation moving forward. And I think it's just sadly the drawback of Western animation. You see it with like um, the Aquaman series. Yeah. But to say the Cal art style, I think they call, people call it. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's, I don't know if that's like a, like a rude term. I don't know. That's what I, that's just what I saw people call it on Twitter. <laughs> it, it's, it's a bit of a, I, I think it's been dragged down a lot from what I've heard, but the, the mm-hmm. whole point of it is, is that most characters have rounded faces, round eyes and specific mm-hmm. mouth type. Like I like the, the Aquaman, the first look we got, it looks like a fun show, mm-hmm. but what I kind of find sad is that it's the exact same show with different characters that Thundercats roar was. Yeah. And, and I, I think, so I think that art, like as art style, I mean, it might not be super popular with people, but I think in certain cases it works. Like, yeah. look at Gravity Falls and Steven Universe. Oh, those, yeah, those yeah. are those are very rich shows with, with such passionate fan bases, and just it just the story speaks for itself. And and they're still distinctive enough because the animation of how they approach it is different. Mm-hmm, and like exactly. even even Thundercats Roar, I'm not the biggest fan of it because I, it's it's just not my kind of humor. But mm-hmm. the animation at times was incredible. And then you had like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or I think it's called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has some amazing anime-esque uh, anim- fighting animations. Where it's like, oh, I did see from? some of that. And that's where it's like, that's the kind of stuff where I think it's all the same because TMNT is like that one series that keeps, keeps reinventing itself with every new iter- iteration. I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. And it's something I hope to see more for DC and, and Marvel to do because these comic based, like they have so many comics with so many different art styles, 
why are there animation divisions always doing the same thing? Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with uh, Cape Crusader, the Ooh. new, uh, the new Matt Reeves uh, animated series. Cause Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves has the keys to the Batcave now. I mean, Oh yeah. He's leading the whole charge. Mm-hmm. And he's got this, I think this could be really interesting. I mean, once we find out, I would like to know who's voicing Batman, but I think honestly, cause it's going to, it's, it's not going to be a, um, darker animated because i think it's now going to play both on hbo max and cartoon network uh, okay yeah so i think i but i honestly i mean that i mean look at batman the animated series i mean that wasn't that, that wasn't you know their average like child cartoon but it was it was it was you know it was it had substance yeah i mean look at the show how it reinvented some of batman's character like mr freeze it gave him it made an him amazing a story yeah Ma- you know the thing interesting thing is is that like the animation has moved away from always using kevin conroy always using Mm -hmm. Mark Hamill, which of course like i think the arkham because it was such a long break when arkham brought them back it was such a novelty to see them return together as these iconic voices Mm -hmm. and then we had that kind of resurgence where they were like on almost every project yeah (laughs) and now we're seeing this this turn where we're getting some new uh characters and are a new voice actors. And I think that's the exciting thing about what they're doing is at least they're diversifying who plays Batman, who's playing Joker. I think Troy Baker was Joker in this one, who though, I have to say he was trying really hard to do a Mark Hamill impression. Yeah. He didn't sound like, I thought, didn't Troy Baker play Joker in something else? And I think it was Arkham Origins. Yeah. I thought people, I thought people liked him as Joker. I, I wasn't crazy about the Joker here either. No, it did seem like he was trying a little too hard. He was way better in Origins. In Origins, he yes. felt like he he was Hamill, but he had like a, a lighter tone, so he could play with the character a bit more. I I'm one of the few people who actually really really likes Origins. <laughs> I, I I like the style of Origins. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot about it that's great. It's just you see that this wasn't made by the main development team. That's yeah, kind of for me the the way I approach it. But he was great in that. So here it just felt like, I don't know, it felt a bit, a bit phoned in as if he was doing a quick Mark Hamill impression with a rather off-putting voice at times. I, I know it was a weird combo, though it was still great to see him in it. You know, Joker energy is always great. It just, like, ironically, of all the points I would make about the story is that Joker being in it derails the more interesting aspect of it because they're like, oh, he's Holiday. And it's like, that makes no sense why the Joker's Holiday. Yeah. Why would he do that? That's not him at all. He wants to do mm-hmm. chaos, and he always wants you to know it's him. That Batman exactly. didn't even consider that it was Joker. It made me want to slap him. Exactly. Oh. The Joker. The Joker is not precision at all. The Holiday Killer's precision, yeah. planning, and I mean the Joker, like you saw here with the plane. It's just chaos. It's pure chaos. That's his end goal. That's his. That's his motive. It's, it's just such a weird where you don't know if like Batman's just insecure about it. I, I in the comics I always had the feeling he did think it was Dent, but he tr- wanted to believe in Dent. Mm-hmm. That's why he kind of went out of his way for some of the more, you know, stranger decisions on who it might be. But here felt like okay, he's just he's just going after Joker because he thinks it's Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was and Joker. Also, I mean, I want to know like that prison that that was Arkham, right? Yeah, that was supposed to be ours. It was such a, really it was such a, it looked like an observatory. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like a prison observatory where it had like this huge hole in the middle. 
<laughs> it, I can't. It was... I can't even remember what it looked like in the comics, but it was. I don't remember it seeing like that because it it kind of felt like they went with that kind of. It reminded me of the one in Invincible. Yeah, just with a big hole in the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, how do you even get? How do you even get somebody out of there? Like that guy helped. Um, that guy helped Joker get out of prison. Like, how do you how do you get somebody out of there? I feel like there's nowhere to hide in that prison. It's all literally it. just it literally it's you literally walking down what I assume is a big staircase. Yeah, and it's just, just walk it down. I mean, unless you somehow got him, there was like a, I couldn't tell if that was just garbage that he put in his bed or a dead body. Yeah, that was odd. I'm not sure. I think it was garbage or it was supposed mm-hmm. to be garbage. I I don't know. It, it, it kind of you see that's kind of that's a thing where in a comic you don't see those parts where in an adaptation you kind of you insert like the movement from a to b but i feel like they could they try to use this to introduce you know the characters the the uh, mad hatter and cobble you know them not make him go like oh where did these guys come from but they kind of shot themselves in the foot at the same time mm-hmm. it would have made more sense it was like a hallway or something like an invincible yeah, where, you know that would make more sense, but that big ass, obs- that big old hole in the mo- in the middle of it, because it also takes away from what makes Arkham so iconic in this gothic. It's it's pretty much just like a a gothic insanity ward that should have been closed down years ago. That gives you the mm-hmm. feeling this will not heal anyone, and this felt pretty much like Arkham combined with Blackgate Penitentiary. Yeah. I I think I don't know. It's it it they tried. I don't know. There's certain things they tried to do here, and it just obviously it didn't it didn't really work. And I think honestly, while they did stay faithful, I mean that's not always a win because when it just it can be faithful, but it just bland. Yeah, I think a lot of their animated a lot of their projects they focus on now. I mean, look at the new Justice Justice Society movie that um. Mm. A great idea because the justice society is great and while they might not be huge names i mean they basically they turned it into a, a flash and wonder woman movie and it's just like try something fresh you know what i mean try something new like yeah people yeah. love those characters but it's not about them it's the justice society and like wonder woman she's not a huge part of that team but like you're sidelining actual important characters and it's just bland like you can you can i don't know they just haven't dc animation has just felt so off as of late i I haven't liked like my problem is I mostly just watch the Batman stuff because it feels mm-hmm. like they put the most work into those. Yeah. And Batman is everything to do Warner Brothers in DC. Yeah. Well, everything like most of their project. And I'm a little nervous about the injustice film that they're making because the story is the problem is it's like it's it's once again evil superman Superman. (laughs) it's just like can we please move on from evil superman and i was like (laughs) and then it's it's even in the suicide squad game i'm like oh (laughs) at least there it's not actually like an evil superman you know what i mean like he's being controlled but like that's another thing with the injustice movie it looks like uh just based on the cover art batman is i mean wonder woman is helping batman on that cover art fight superman I can't tell if that's just like, you know, just for, you know, just for people to like look at it and like shake their head, but like, uh, or just, you know, like raise an eyebrow too, but it looks like they've changed some, they might change some things there too. Cause Wonder Woman is insufferable in the Justice games. She's very uh, annoying. Uh, I like the games, but the first one especially is just really rough. Mm-hmm. Like, 
like never the realm is great with story that like the mortal Kombat games as crazy as they get they have some really fun adventures i i feel like injustice didn't get good until the second one personally mm-hmm. um also i'm biased because red hood's in it but still also teenage mutant ninja turtles um <laughs> but the story was much better than the second one because they kind of moved on from the origin story of this evil superman and everything. the story itself is good Superman killing Joker, doing what Batman never could because he lost Lois Lane and his baby. Heavy story. Yeah. But it just, it's like we've chewed it so much. Like the existence of the boys chewed it even more. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the the shame, in my opinion, about the whole thing. Yeah. Let's get some, who can be evil next? Let's see. (laughs) I bet you it's going to be evil Batman. (laughs) They spin the wheel every year. <laughs> Just every time. <laughs> flash. Oh, we have reverse flash. <laughs> Just keep yep. going. Here you go. Parallax. Here we go. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I still actually have to watch the Soul of the Dragon, where I was also like, why is Batman involved in this story? Yeah. that's. I haven't actually seen that either. That's interesting. It. it you know, it, it's I'm I'm curious how they're going to develop. I think the next projects are Injustice and Catwoman Hunted. I think is one of the animated, so it's a Catwoman focused story. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious how they're going to do that. I, I think that they are going to involve a Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Batwoman. So I I hope that that might be you know a good change of pace and maybe if it performs well, we'll get you know, new projects, exploring some new things. And that's, that's my hope moving forward. Mm-hmm. Plus Black Mask is in it. I, I'm also biased for that character. So I'm excited to see. I, oh, just so the other day I was, yeah, literally, just the other, like, literally, I think yesterday, the day before I was grieving Roman Sionis's untimely death and Birds of Prey. If, if there's ever one thing I hated about superhero films is they kill off villains way too fast. Exactly. They never let them linger. Like, you know, the comics and everything else does. I'm like, um, I, I usually look back to uh, Avengers, Earth Mightiest Heroes, how the villains would just, you know, they never really got rid of them, but they'd always yeah. just, they disappear, but they'd be back. They're, it, uh, it, they just rush it out. You know, it's like, oh, we have this villain. How do we defeat them? And it's like, why does every hero kill their villain? Like, even if it's an accident, it's like, you guys are kind of giving a, them kite the death count there. <laughs> every time it's like yeah. oh he's an innocent he's trying to save everyone well can't save you bye <laughs> yeah oh man but uh you, you know i i think we 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 talked a lot about this but any any closing thoughts on the long halloween from our long it, discussion <laughs> it was it was fine it was all right i mean yeah. it wasn't it wasn't awful like some batman adaptions have been uh, and it stayed true to itself, like, you know, the original comic, but just, um, it just wasn't as good as it could be. Yeah, I I, 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 I quite liked it. I think it was a, a great time in a, and, you know, from all the adaptations we've seen of these iconic storylines, it's no under the Red Hood, but it's certainly better than Killing Joke or Hush, because they didn't try to change too much this time around. I am hoping that moving forward we see some more creative stuff. But overall, you know, I, I'm on you. I'm with you on that. It it could have been better, but it's 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 good. It does what it needs to do. And I do like that they split it up like they did with um uh I forgot the name of the the, the Superman, last one. Superman one. 
yeah. So I, I'm always a fan if they split it up to just give these stories time rather than rushing it into in, in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because we kind of mentioned Matt Reeves quite a bit, we did get some big news. Uh, no, it's not Ethan Hawke voicing Batman in a children's <laughs> show. Still, holy shit, Ethan Hawke's voicing Batman in a kid's show about a yeah, talking after, Batmobile. He's <laughs> in two, two superhero projects now after... Uh saying some uh, very harsh things about the genre yeah it's it's really interesting but uh the big news is is that hbo max has already pretty much in early development the uh, second spinoff from the batman focused on penguin uh the interesting thing is they don't confirm if colin farrell will reprise the role which i find quite interesting mm-hmm. they just... that he's been asked yeah, he was asked, and I, I can see him returning because it's it's you know it's an interesting project. Still amazed that's him. No idea how they managed to completely change his look. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, Dylan Clark and Matt Reeves are definitely uh, executive producers. It will be a spinoff of the Batman, and will premiere on HBO Max, and is going to follow the Gotham PD focused story. Which there are reports hinting it might be an Arkham Asylum story after all. Either way, it's quite an exciting time to be a fan of the Batman. Um, and I'm really curious to see what other characters we could see. So I, I want to ask you two things. Um, first, what do you think about Penguin getting his own series, especially with how much of a focus he had in Gotham? Second, if you could choose in the universe of the Batman, which character or villain would you love to get their own spinoff? I think... The way they described it, I think, I think it was a bit, it was a little bit ironic because this series is described as a uh, Scarface-inspired Penguin yeah. story, <laughs> and I found that funny because when Joker came out, everybody was saying it ripped off Taxi Driver, and oh, I, I, I just, yeah. I just thought that was funny. But um, I'm interested because it, because Colin Farrell's uh, unrecognizable, literally, as uh, uh, Penguin because he just covered in layers of uh, prosthetics, and I mean if. I mean, if he wants to do that, you know, every day for a few months, I mean, dude, go for it. I mean, I think it'd be a mm. cool idea to explore this universe and build it because Matt Reeves obviously has a plan and he's obviously um, building this new Gotham City and there's got to be some sort of uh, end game he's planning and it requires all these characters to, you know, become who they, you know, who they are. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, a few of them already are, but cause Batman's mm. in like his second year here. But uh, I think it's a I think it's a fun idea. I, I think uh, there was rumors of like I think of a cat a Catwoman spinoff too, which I really want to see. Catwoman went in Rome. I think another Loeb and Sale story. Ooh, I believe yeah. I know Sales on it. I'm not sure if Loeb's on it, but that would be fun. Um, honestly, like I think really um, I'm excited to see like if I, if we're talking about more uh, spinoffs. I think, I mean, the universe hasn't built too far yet. Obviously, I would like to see Zoe Kravitz, I mean, get more uh, spotlight. Yes, Jeff Loeb is involved. But um, <laughs> maybe, see, I want to say Riddler because I feel like Paul Dano is going to be so good in the movie. But I also don't really, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could really uh, draw anyone's attention too much, to be honest. Like, I'm already, I mean, I'm interested in Penguin, but I, I mean, I'm not super, super, like, excited for it. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm not, like, you know, day one, like, if it was a movie, knocking down the door to go see it. Yeah. To be honest. 
I, I, the thing is, is what like the the irony of the of Batman is that his his rogues gallery, the characters that collect around him, are so extensive that he literally mm-hmm. is his own universe. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing where I say where people are like, oh, you know, so much Batman, and why do we need it? It's like the irony is, if there's any character in this world disconnected from Marvel or DC. You could literally do a Batman cinematic universe and you probably have enough shit for years to come because it's just so extensive. Um, I think Penguin, uh, Scarface uh, Penguin story could be really interesting. I also, because we made the joke before, it's just a magic of, say hello to my little friend. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the umbrella. It's the umbrella. umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like like we're going to, we're going to get like, I see other people talking about this online too. I mean, Matt Reeves is basic. I mean, I'm sure he's going to make these, like he's going to make sure these projects are real, like tip top and like some of the, some, you know, some real good content, but um, it seems like he's just, um, some people think he's just, taking Gotham and cutting off pieces and just making them more than they originally were. Yeah. Cause and the it, Gotham penguin is amazing. I mean, Robin Lord Taylor is great in that. He really is. And it's, it's kind of a shame that like, I, I personally wasn't the biggest fan of Gotham. It was really hard mm-hmm. for me to get into it, but he was like that standout him and, and uh, who played the Riddler. Yeah. Corey, uh, Corey, something. Corey. Let's just call him Corey something. Um, <laughs> he, they were like standouts that make me want to like the show, but I just had a hard time really getting into it. Yeah. The the big thing for me is, is what I think with Matt Reeves, we're going to potentially see is that the stories serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like you said, if there is some kind of end game in sight, because I think the beginning or whatever trilogy we're building up here is either going to be extremely focused on mobsters. So we might have the Romans trilogy Mm-hmm. Or I, a long time ago, I had the theory that maybe we are already kind of exploring the Court of Owls. Yes, and the Gotham which, Underworld, which I think is the more interesting story because we never had that in live action. We mm-hmm. kind of had the Roman. We had that like monster storyline in the original Dark Knight trilogy because that was a more grounded storyline. Let's use this kind of myth. Let's build that Batman mythology as the foundation to move forward. Mm-hmm. I think like that recurring threat of the owls also connected to like a bird theme with Cobblepot could be really interesting uh, to explore. Mm-hmm. I would honestly, I thought about it just for a second, but um, if Reeves decides to do it, I mean, I would like to see a uh, Azrael spinoff. That I think he's a fun Batman character that does not get too much. Like in the, I like him in the Arkham games quite a bit but i think if reeves wants to you know really get interested you know with stuff i think he would be really dope yeah that would be interesting i i that was still like the one thing that hurt me in the arkham game series is that they're teasing his big storyline mm-hmm. and then you just beat him a few times and it was it <laughs> yeah he really deserves a bit more attention and it's it's really exciting like that they could do this and that's the exciting thing I think Reeves is, he seems to be a really big fan of the mythology around Batman. And that's, that's my hope moving forward that they, they do a lot with it. And we'll see, like, that's the good thing about this being its own plant thing away from the whole justice league. It, it can do its own thing. It can build around Batman without having the, Oh, how does he work in a universe where Superman is alive? 
And I think those restrictions that is especially what made the dark Knight stand out is one of the big things that, that the show can kind of glance over and still build up these, like, give me a clay face tragedy. Exactly. What is, what is, what is uh, Todd Phillips doing? He, he was supposed to be developing Ooh. all this. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Make it canon. See that tragedy. Oh, mm-hmm. There's so much potential. And that's kind of the thing where I say, Matt Reeves, if, if he can pull this off, he might have something that could rival any big cinematic universe moving forward. I mean, Batman is, I think Batman is the most popular superhero of all time. And I think honestly done right. I mean, this can, this can be something huge. I mean, Robert Pattinson seems like, I mean, I'm a bit cautious because Robert Pattinson does seem like the actor that wouldn't want to be in something like that. Like a, like a massive shared universe. Yeah. Cause I think it's hard. Honestly, I think it's hard to replicate with them. With the MCU has done. And finding those actors that really want to, you know, be main stakes in such a huge universe, especially with the character of Batman and his rogues and everything. I mean, it. the thing is, is that I think that the pitch is what got him into it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of think if Matt Reeves wasn't involved, he wouldn't do it personally. Yeah. And, and the thing, like, ironically, like my girlfriend hates Batman. <laughs> oh. And and she she but she's such a huge uh, Robert Pattinson fan that she's like I'll wa- I'll guess I'll watch this Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a win for me. <laughs> but it, there you it's, go. <laughs> but it's it's the thing is is like with Robert Pattinson, I agree. Like he doesn't seem, but at the same time, this guy stuck through Twilight, you know. Yeah, and he stuck through it all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I, you I stick to Twilight. You you really sticking through it, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think if if Matt Reeves, the thing that the MCU has is that you're kind of connected in so many different projects because you have the references there. They have the big tie over. If they do it right, they could literally have Batman exist in the films and mm-hmm. only have like a stunt actor have like his shadow in the background or something. You don't necessarily need Pattinson in the series. So you technically can use him simply for the film trilogies or whatever, but still have these side stories without the necessity of having the actor in it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it, him, you know? It's it's not three different Batman characters and Superman and all that. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I am worried about is Warner Brothers is quite reactionary to certain things. Yeah. Like if something does really bad, they'll just, they'll kill it. They'll kill, it's done. Um, but if something does really good, they tend to get a little out of hand and I'm thinking, I mean, I don't want to see them uh, get out of hand with this because if the film does really good, I mean, we saw those set pictures of the, the Halloween party with the Batman and or not, not the, the Wonder Woman and Superman costumes. And I'm just yeah. like, Ooh. and the, yeah, I got the newspaper clippings too. from set that like that mentioned Superman. Well, allude to Superman. I mean, it just kind of makes me a little nervous because I just want to see Batman for now. I think the the problem they have is they have the DCU. We have the whole Henry Cavill discussion. Mm-hmm. If he's in, is he in? Is he not? Who knows? Um, but that's kind of the thing that's challenging everyone right now. I, I think if if Matt Reeves can kind of stick to it, if, if they if he becomes the Kevin Feige of this, I think we're okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, could you imagine if Matt Reeves took over and made a DC universe? I think that would be amazing. And mm-hmm. to be honest, as they're kind of like, if he can focus on specific characters and build it, I'd have nothing against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only challenge is, is like, 
can you really build two universes in the DC thing that exists simultaneously with two Batman and two Wonder Woman and all that? I mean, maybe one will have to end, which would be sad. <laughs> and I mean, I'm was- not, I don't. I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to sound cynical here, or, you know, pessimistic, but I mean, and you that can't have two film universes. <laughs> that yeah. sentence ended our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, just me saying one of them will have to end. I mean, I mean, I'm saying either you know Robert Pattinson's got to go, which will anger one half of Twitter, or I'll have yeah. to say um, the DCU has to go, which will have um, the Harley stands after after everyone. But you know. No. Think- I still think they could integrate actors like we're seeing mm-hmm. what, what the MCU is doing. Like I think Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie is like that, that casting is not going to change. Yeah. So like, I would love to have like this different version because I, I do love Margot Robbie and the, the mainline DCEU or whatever it is, but I do feel like that they, we started very fast in the, we had a half kind of half-assed bad relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. that was hinted at and then she was emancipated the next time yeah. they call it mad love but it was more of a more of a slightly slightly aggressive <laughs> aggressive fling <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was not mad love like the thing is is that i you didn't like the problem is it was jared leto as well it was just such a weird that's, performance that's, it's honestly such an it's honestly an issue it's really yeah. a big issue for them because they can't, it's going to be so hard to do certain things in the unique Joker is such a core character in the DC universe. And it's just so hard to not use him. I mean, yeah. you saw it in birds of prey. I mean, we had the set picks of the Joker double and they, they, they completely cut that. We did not see that. We didn't see them. They just saw the stuff getting thrown out. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the thing is like, what happens if we get the Joker in Matt Reeves, Batman? Mm-hmm. And then there's the oh. rumors of the the Batman, uh, the Joker sequel as well. You know, mm-hmm. I was wrong. We do see Joker in that one scene where he's tattooing uh, him and Harley are tattooing that one guy. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of it. it it's, it's it's kind it's, of the drawback of you know mm-hmm. how how that story started because we we got Harley Quinn in a very rough film. And yeah. they did a lot with her. I think I think uh, Birds of Prey is great. Her role in, in the Suicide Squad is fantastic. The mm-hmm. question is, like, we kind of just skipped one of the most iconic aspects of the character. And it's kind of sad. We It feels like we'll never really explore that relationship because we just kind of skipped all of it. Mm-hmm. Though at the same time, like, that's the challenging thing. Do, you, do we really need to see an abusive relationship in, in exactly movies. that's one thing i had a, i was like people want to see more of the air cut but more of the air cut i think some scenes are just like are just joker being abusive towards harley and it's just yeah it, it, that's kind of the trouble is like where i say that i think that we can i think the shared universe concept if matt reeves builds it up correctly he'll dominate it in his part of this sector or multiverse Mm-hmm. And then we'll just have these side stories of Harley Quinn from that universe and Aquaman and stuff like that. Because Jason yeah. Momoa, as much as I love him as Aquaman, does not fit into Matt Reeves' universe in any way. No, he doesn't. I don't think Aquaman fits in Matt Reeves' universe at all. I don't no. think Wonder Woman or Superman do either. Certainly not Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I do think, like certain, like you, like you said, certain characters, like I could see them bringing Mary Elizabeth Winstead back as Huntress. Ooh, yeah. um you and mcgregor second wind well, let's go 
<laughs> Give him a um, chance. Come on. Mm-hmm. Better mask. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind the mask. I because I remember we saw those we saw those set pictures from Birds of Prey and they almost had him wearing a domino mask because I was like, wait, that's oh true, that's, yeah. That's not that's not it. And that would have angered a lot of people. Oof. But I think um yeah, I think it's gonna be hard. I mean it would be cool to see like Matt Reeves merge these worlds that he's if he if he was to say he was to make a may say he was he was to make a Superman movie like mm. as a producer or something with his uh with his company. I, I'd be interesting to see how he would merge those because we'd have one really sunny and nice metropolis, and then you'd have Matt Reeves dark, grim, uh <laughs> gothic Gotham City. <laughs> that would be i mean i would love that because i feel like mm-hmm. the visual flair that matt reeves would introduce would stand out even more mm-hmm. <laughs> just imagine like a switch between golf and like dark and dreary and then la, 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 la. it's like the it's freaking uh Sa- Santa world series on netflix <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it's just it just it would i think if they could really pull it they could pull that off i mean go for it but honestly i mean if you want to keep it just a Batman universe, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think maybe maybe subtle hints, like you know the costumes. I mean, if those costumes even make it into the final film, that's always the question. Could just be an exactly. Easter egg at the same time, same time as well. Mm-hmm. It can, they could be well hidden in the background. No, it, it's going to be exciting, and I think you know DC fandom isn't far. Mm-hmm. Going to find out a lot more then. I mean. The first trailer we saw was twenty five percent of the movie had been filmed. I mean, now hundred percent the movie's so done. Good, like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! If that's twenty five percent of the film, don't show me any other trailer. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this movie could. I mean, imagine how much this movie could do for the um, for the genre. Like, I think oh, yeah. one thing. I mean, DC may get a lot of shit, but honestly every time they, re- they 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 try something new it really works like look at the suicide squad i mean look at joker and now we have the batman i feel like that's that could really change things could really introduce one of the uh a definitive i think live action batman story next to an 89 oh definitely it here's hopeful uh i'm really i'm really looking forward to it. i'll say the batman is one of my most anticipated films of next year Mm-hmm. And God, didn't it, shouldn't it have come out the end of this year originally? It was I think it was supposed it was supposed to come out in June of this year. Oh, originally, pain. It hurts. June, yeah, oh. and then it was October, which was like, oh my God, yes, October would perfect. is perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. And, it's like, oh. and now now it's March, and it's going it up against right. Doctor Strange too. Yep, and same for uh, the Flash next year has to go up against Captain Marvel too. Uh, true. Which I feel uh, like I feel like we could. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't, I don't want to jinx anything. But I mean, mm-hmm. imagine we see. I mean, the Batman feels like a summer movie. Imagine we see a delay to May of next year, like late May, early June, kick off the summer. I'll be it honest. Doesn't feel like I a March movie. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. It just it, doesn't fit the movie. Yeah, it doesn't. It March is a release. huge release, and I think it should definitely get pushed back. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want it to get pushed back. Don't misunderstand me, but I think it needs a better release timing. But at the same time, like Shang-Chi proved that Marvel can release a movie at any time of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. it broke freaking Labor Day weekends by double them at least. So yeah, I mean, yeah, look at look at Joker. Joker's, I think, one of the highest grossing movies in October. It might be the highest grossing movie in October. With an R rating on top of it all. Mm-hmm. So 
it's always such a tough thing to say best case it does say in march we get it sooner that you know yeah. that's the optimistic view of it um and you know if any one of dc heroes can open at any time it would be batman <laughs> yeah i mean but like like look at black adam black adam's like a july release that's perfect for it it's the rock yeah joker is the number one highest grossing movie in october of all time that's incredible Mm-hmm. but yeah like some of these movies like some of the release dates are good like aquaman i don't know how aquaman gets these uh christmas release dates that feels like a summer why. movie i mean spend your christmas with jason momoa i mean who thinks the splishy splashy is perfect for winter time mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i guess i guess sometimes i guess they consider uh winter with event films and i guess you could say aquaman was some sort of event <laughs> oh yeah well no way homes in in december now too Oof. No that's gonna home. that's gonna be a really interesting release. Star Wars always had dominated Christmas, but it's such a yeah. risk because you're pretty much ending a year with it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's tough. It's really tough, and I'm I'm really curious. I hope to see DC. Like I think DC's advantage is they diversify their films, uh, and it it's great to see them try out new things. And I hope that. I really hope the Batman pays off that we see more of this kind of this direction, this darker tone, this more, I don't want to say mature tone because it's kind of overused, but just more of a, a grounded storyline. I think that's something that superhero films have like even with Shang-Chi where it starts off more grounded and then ends up in that we have to do a big third and third, mm-hmm. you no know, ending. I love it. Don't misunderstand me, but it does feel like sometimes it's okay to dial back. And I think that's what summer films or blockbuster films have kind of forgotten to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I hope that the Batman doing it may potentially kind of pull the reins back for some producers and films to say, Hey, we don't have to throw all our budget in the last third of the movie. To yeah. Make it out. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, maybe it would be cool to see as the Batman films progress, that the three, I think so far, I think, the Batman has at least, I think you're doing at least a trilogy now Yeah. with potential for more. I think as those three films go on, watch Gotham get, you know, crazier and crazier with like, um, maybe not call them metahumans, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, the wildest yeah. and craziest that the DC universe has to offer. And like, especially with outlandish characters like Killer Croc and, um, and have those yeah. elements. Like, I think, I think what they can do with a lot of them, like with Solomon Grundy is like have these urban legends and stuff like that mm-hmm. build upon it. And then have it, it doesn't have to all be at once, but you can go crazier and crazier. But also, like, even as you go crazier, then have that one that just goes one step back again. Don't always have like every part of the trilogy, or the, the franchise has to top the one before. And uh-huh. I, I would say it's the Godfather two, Godfather 2 rule where sometimes the subtler approach is stronger than the bigger one. But you know, mm-hmm. it's a challenge with modern blockbusters anyway. Yeah. So I think uh, gonna have we went on for a while, so probably slowly <laughs> wrap up. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a lot of a lot of points to cover here. Two movies and a TV show. Yeah, uh, and we went we weren't as harsh as Titans either. So <laughs> that just I almost brought up that. Titans actually earlier, but I didn't. I had to keep I, I kept it back. Well, we're gonna have to catch up on the next few episodes soon. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I can't wait till we can catch up on uh, Doom Patrol. Talk about that. Doom Patrol. Love that show. Uh, oh, I can't wait. Can't wait for the new season. It's going to be really mm-hmm. exciting. But with that, thank you, every guys, for listening to the latest episode of Hall of Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. 
Hey, check out our website, Murphy's Multiverse. Uh, you can also check out us and share us your opinions on the long Halloween. You can find John on Twitter. At WildLXIX. And you can find me as that Al Bell. Uh, we can't wait till next time. And we're getting closer to DC fandom. So let's see what else is heading our way. Until next time. <laughs>